The Power 40 podcast is an uplifting faith-based podcast that speaks to all that is going on in our world. Our goal is to share inspirational real-life stories and experiences from notable guests around the country on matters that touch us all. The number 40 symbolizes a period of testing, trial, or probation. We all experience trying times in our lives, but it's what comes from these times that make us who we are. As we depict periods of people's lives where the idea of the number 40 is played out, we will learn the goodness that comes from perseverance, determination, and belief. I'm your host, Danica Tramberg, joined by co-host Adriana Mendez, and today we are so grateful to have Emmy Myers. Emmy is a leader, community advocate, speaker, and just a source of knowledge and inspiration for others. So thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you both so much for having me. I am absolutely honored to have this opportunity to chat with both of you for a little while. I'm excited. And I know we were just chatting a little bit before we started, but uh, you are in a, the assisted living space. Tell us what you're up to right now. Um, so not only did I found Lacey's Hope Project uh, to bring hope and awareness around the topic of sex trafficking, but I also run three assisted living facilities. So that was not my plan. God, God had a plan for me. Um, and the further I got into my career and, you know, kind of grew up the corporate ladder, if you will, um, I learned that these two worlds, sex trafficking and, and the work that I'm doing really do collide because you see a majority of caregivers with a background, right. In a story, um, a lot of people have experienced sexual abuse. Um, you know, I have, uh, clients that I have helped that have been trafficked. Um, so, so God really brought these two worlds together for me. And then of course, I'm able to employ survivors, um, through the organizations that I work for. So Lacey's Hope Project will provide training and the funds to be able to do so, um, for people to get CBRF certified, and then they can come work for me you know, earn a livable wage, have a leader that really understands what's going on and getting out of the life. So it's, it's really been a beautiful process. That's so interesting. It's really neat too, to see how God has you on one path and then you don't even know what the plan is, but come to find out it's these two things that actually do correlate and you get to touch that many more lives from, from that one thing. I think yeah. too, everyone has a story, right? Like you were saying, and, and along with those stories, everyone has challenges to overcome too. What are some of the challenges or obstacles that you're facing in your life or have faced or brought you to where you are now? I think when, so I'll speak more on Lacey's Hope Project right now yeah. and my personal story with sex trafficking. I think that there's a huge misconception that when people get out of the life, get out of sex trafficking, that they're out and everything gets better. And that is not the case. We have to learn, you know, new life skills. We have to learn to trust people. We have to learn to be able to pay bills, how to heal, how to speak to a therapist, um, how to allow people in our life to help us through the journey of life. Because sometimes Uh, My trafficking was later in life, but for a lot of these victims, you know, the average age a victim is sold into sex trafficking is 13. 
So think about a 13 year old being sold. You're not learning at that age how to properly communicate, how to be a normal 13 year old, how to do, uh, you know, I'm just gonna vaguely say normal things. So everything that you missed while you were being trafficked, you really have to relearn. And it's a huge misconception that once you're out, everything gets better, but there are so many different ramifications that us survivors face getting out of the life. You know, I've been out for, I think, seven years now and, you know, things still come up. Um, So it's, it's a journey and it takes time. And I think people just want to save these victims, right? Um, But they don't want to stick around for the long haul. And that's what's really important. Survivors need consistency. If you're Mm -hmm. going to help someone get out, you have to make sure you have a long-term plan, not just an escape for the night. Is that what really inspired you to found Lacey's Hill Project and to be so open and honest about your journey? Because for a lot of victims who go through certain experiences in life, when it's related to sexual abuse, sometimes they can't find their voice to speak up, speak up because it's so traumatic. Is that what inspired you to speak up and be honest about your journey is to make sure that you're there for other victims as well? So I wanted to start Lacey's Hope Project because I wanted to be able to bring awareness to the topic of sex trafficking. I was at an awareness event in my hometown of Hartford and I I remember looking around the room, there was an FBI agent that asked the crowd what a victim looked like. And mind you, nobody, you know, I wasn't out at the time. Nobody knew, you know, who I was or if I was a victim. Um, I, I just happened to be there with my mom. And I remember looking around at the crowd and thinking, wow, nobody knows I'm sitting here. Because we're oftentimes looking for someone that's chained up, someone that was thrown in a white van, the movie taken, all of these huge preconceived notions of what it should be when in reality it's not. Um, So I stood up and spoke a little bit. And from that point, people wanted to hear more of my story. And that is what really inspired me at that time to keep going. I felt like I had a purpose. Um, And I realized the more speeches that I gave you know, there were so many people that had no idea what sex trafficking was. Um, A lot of people think that it's an inner city issue. And if you don't know, sex trafficking cases have been reported in all 72 counties of Wisconsin, every single county. So talking about it being an inner city issue only is highly inaccurate. So I wanted to educate people that this is just as much a suburban issue Mm -hmm. as it is an inner city issue because the men that are purchasing these victims are men in the suburbs. They, according to statistics, they they say that um, it is generally more times than not a white, married, college-educated, middle or upper-class man that is purchasing victims. And where do those men live? Generally in the suburban areas, right? Outside city limits. Um, So I wanted to educate outside of the city 
So people knew what to look for, what was happening in their very own backyards. You know, there are all different types of trafficking Mm -hmm. um, and sex trafficking here in America looks very, very different than it does say in a third world country. Um, And we need to be up to speed with what we're looking at for victims here. So I was really inspired to just be able to educate people, use my experience and people listened. I, I captivated audiences and I, I want to be able to continue to do that. So people know that it can happen to their daughter or son, their brother, their friend, because trafficking doesn't discriminate and it is a huge problem. Mm-hmm. It's so true. And it's, it's really incredible to see someone like you who's had the experience and is so able to be authentic and vulnerable because I think that's a huge hurdle, but it has allowed so many other women, men to feel comfortable enough to come to you for hope, healing, resiliency, like what you talk about, or for another opportunity to get out of this. So what are some of the things that you focus on when you, you want to provide that hope, healing and resiliency? That is a really good question. So traffickers prey on vulnerabilities and more times than not, it's to meet someone's basic needs. So food, shelter, clothing. I think if we're going to help victims get out, we need to be able to meet those needs. When I was sat down by the FBI um, and, you know, they gave me an opportunity to, hey, we can help you. Let's get you out. Let's get you resources. My first question was, I don't have any clothes. He has all of my clothes. And something that seems so simple to other people was huge for me. What was I going to wear? I can't walk around naked, right? Uh, So... So being able to meet someone where help with basic needs um, and then to be able to provide consistency, having a long-term plan. You know, there are a lot of organizations that want to help someone get out for the night and, and that's great. Um, but one night isn't going to save a victim from trafficking. We need long-term goals, long-term plans to help keep people stay out of the life. Yeah, it's so important to have those that long-term support system. How does it make you feel when you know you help people not only get out of that life, but help them through their long-term journey of, of getting away from what they were before? How do I help people get away? Can you repeat that? I'm sorry. Yeah. So how, knowing that you're providing that long-term plan and that long-term, you know, sustainability for someone to escape what they've been through, how does that make you feel after going through what you've gone through to help others on their road and on their journey? So Lacey's Hope Project is a little bit different in terms of we, we focus on awareness. We, have, we provide um, monetary help for victims. Um, for example, we just um, helped a new mom 
with bills. Um, while she's in the hospital, she had her baby early. Um, we helped another survivor with some of her bills and rent assistance. Um, so it looks a little bit different for everyone. And I totally lost my train of thought. That's okay. <laughs> That's good to know though. It, there's so many different ways that people can um, help. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I remember what I was going to say. I can fall back. I, clearly I've done this a hundred times, so I can fall <laughs> back into it. Um, we have helped survivors with rent assistance, um, groceries, help with bills, getting dishes, things like that. You know, again, meeting those very basic needs. However, um, for long-term support, because we're not, we're not a counseling organization, right? We don't have housing. I partner with other organizations like um, Franciscan Peacemakers, Redeem and Restore. Um, there are so many great organizations within Wisconsin and throughout the U.S. that I will point people in the direction to if they need immediate services. And that is why it is so important for us all to work together because we all have our own niche and that's mm. perfect. You know, people need to focus on their niche and what they're good at. Um, but we have to work together because it's going to take a village to really make a change and make difference in these men and women's lives. Yeah, it's so true. And I think that's what one thing too, I think with just bringing awareness to the topic in general and allowing other people who maybe just have just zero idea what to look for is so important because it takes a village. It takes a community to recognize these things in order to help that next person. And I really feel like I have seen in the last few years, more eyes and ears on this topic specifically. It's definitely not where it needs to be yet, but I do feel like at least people are becoming more comfortable talking about this issue. Absolutely. Yeah. I think from, uh, I don't really like to use the term rescue, but I'm going to use it right now. Uh, from the, I'll say escaped from the time that I escaped, mm -hmm. um, back in 2013 to now trafficking is really a trending topic mm -hmm. that people are more willing to discuss. And I think that's great. But like you said, we have so much more work to do. I think, you know, holding, holding the buyers more accountable, um, not having to save face for these community members, uh, priests, doctors, school teachers, really holding these men accountable and saying, Hey, we're not going to allow you to purchase victims for your own satisfaction and self-entitlement. It's illegal. And then, I, and then of course, there's the traffickers, right? Also holding the traffickers just as accountable. And uh, I believe it was a year ago yesterday, Christopher Childs was sentenced in the state of Wisconsin and he received, don't quote me on this, but I believe it was 25 to life for all of the lives he negatively impacted you know, and that, that is progress. Absolutely. So, so we're coming along, but we have a long way to go. And I think the main thing that people can do at this point is continue to have open conversations, educate your children. We are in the world of social media. Mm -hmm. If parents do not step and teach, step in and teach their children, social media is going to teach them. We don't need to talk about stranger danger anymore. There's, again, I said this in the beginning, there's not these men and these captors that are kidnapping someone in Target parking lot, 
traffickers are smart. I'll get, I'll give an example. Okay. If someone is arrested with arrested with a kilo of cocaine, that cocaine is going to sit in an evidence locker, pretty cut and dry. You're caught with the cocaine. The cocaine is the evidence. Now you get time for it and you reap those consequences. But with trafficking, you can't put a human in an evidence locker, you know? So we have, we have to start to educate those around us. And it is so, so crucial if we are going to make an impact, because if we don't teach our children, the streets will. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think too, one thing I wanted to talk about a little bit was, I know in the beginning you talked about how, you know, God put you on this journey and path where you are now, how has faith played a role just through your whole experience? You know what? I, the day I got arrested and the day I, uh, was, was able to escape, um, I knew that there was something bigger than myself that gave me an opportunity that a lot of people don't have that are held in captivity to change my life. Mm -hmm. And that was God. Um, so I think relying on my faith, being able to pray, being able to know that God, right, the Almighty, took me under his wings and helped me and gave me a platform to use and to educate people and to become an entirely different person. Think about my addiction, right? At one point I was a severe alcoholic in my early you know, years, 17, 18, 19. Um, and then I got into heroin and how, how else have I made it this far? without the grace of God and his glory. So I, I firmly believe my faith is a huge, a huge part of this, but it wasn't always like that. It took me a while. When I first got out of the life, I didn't want to be immersed in God and, you know, people talking about him and just saying I needed to pray more. It, it doesn't, it's not a process that happened overnight for me. Mm -hmm. But what made it work is I had nothing left to lose. And I'm like, what the heck? I'm going to start to pray. And the more I prayed, the easier things got. So it was, it was, it, it, it took a while, um, but it was worth it. And now I can happily say that I, I am a chaplain and I am able to share my story with others on a completely different level, um, which is very important to me. So I believe I'm sitting here because God, God gave me a chance. And there are so many examples of so many different individuals in the Bible where he took the oppressed and he helped the oppressed. So I love that. I love your story. Thank you. What do you say to, to other people who are going through something very similar, who have not found yet their own voice or their own strength to walk away or get away from a certain situation? You know what? That's a hard one because I am 
not directly working with a few individuals, but I know a few individuals right now that are actively trapped. And in my mind, I'm like, leave, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm a human. So I'm like, leave, get away, get out. Like you have a car, you go to work. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not handcuffs and shackles. Mm-hmm. It is mental bondage and brainwashing. So stay mentally strong. Know that someday there is a chance for you to have a different life, to choose something better. I don't think trafficking is a choice. Um, nobody chooses to be a victim. Um, but keep your head up. Maybe pray. And if you don't want to pray, that's okay too. But believe that one day something else can be different. Keep your faith in the light at the end of the tunnel. That's so powerful. And just as we close out today and reflect on the power of 40 in our lives, maybe trials we're going through or have overcome and understand that in life, we'll continue to experience good and we'll continue to experience bad that life throws our way. The number 40 also seems to significant in regards to time. So Jesus spent 40 days fasting in the wilderness, being tempted by the devil. The great flood lasted 40 days and 40 nights. The Jewish people wanted the desert for 40 years. So Emmy, if you had just 40 minutes to impact the world, where would you start and what would you say? Oh, that is a powerful question. <laughs> Everyone, you know, there's, there's people say that say people don't change. People can change. Jesus mm-hmm. has changed the lives of so many. It is in his word. He talks about it. Um, we can do better. We can do better together. And there, you know, for the victims that are still in bondage, there are people that are, that care. There are people that will be there for you when you are ready to take the next step. You are not in this alone. So I want, so that's my part one, but part two to any of the parents or grandmas and grandpas or aunts and uncles listening to this podcast, sit down and have a conversation. You know, on Lacey'sHopeProject.org, there is a, a seven to 10 minute documentary of me going through my story. Maybe start the conversation there. There are so many great resources that we are able to use. You know, Google sex trafficking. Um, and educate those around you so we can make a difference, but it has to start at home. Mm-hmm. It's so true. Wow. Well, your story is quite impactful and powerful and just the work that you continue to do is incredible. So thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It was an absolute pleasure to be able to do this. So thank you both. Yeah. Can you let everyone know where they can find you and follow your story and journey and maybe your website? If you're interested in more information on Lacey's Hope Project, please visit www.laceyshopeproject.org or on Facebook, Lacey's Hope Project INC. We have really great information, great resources on the website. You can see my 
documentary. And then you can follow me on LinkedIn under Emmy Myers. Wonderful. Thank you again. And for more information on the Power 40 podcast, visit powerofhumans.com and also stream the podcast in your preferred streaming service. 